Lions fans. It's time for the podcast you've been waiting for. The show where Kool-Aid runs blue. Faces turn red. And rose-colored glasses never go out of style. This is the Detroit Lions Podcast. Your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. And now, two guys who agree with Jared Goff's plumbing choices. Chris and the Riz. Hey, hi ho Lions fans. Welcome to the Detroit Lions Podcast, episode 501. This is the special John Kaminsky interview episode. This is the official Detroit Lions podcast for Reddit. I am your dashingest of hosts, Chris, and with me is my maybe even more dashing host, but only because he's running, Jeff the Riz Risden. How are you doing, brother? Chris, I am so excited to talk to John Kaminsky. I'm like, I'm kidding. He's a schoolgirl. It's yeah. great. It's great. We're, we're coming off of a bye. I'm rejuvenated. I'm energized. I finally gotten back to on a normal sleep schedule from our 24-hour St. Jude telethon, which was fantastic. Loved yeah. that last weekend. Thanks to everybody who watched. Uh, yeah, let's go, baby. Let's go. We got it. We got it. We got a big show. We got a warm-up. So we'll hit. We're going to talk about team health after the bye. We're going to interview the one, the only, Kamish, John Kaminsky, and we're going to give you a look ahead to the Los Angeles Chargers game. What a way to come out of the bye week. We got all that and a whole lot more. Great show lined up. Riz, are you ready to go? Oh, yeah. Let's do it. Let's kick this off and break it down. All right. All right. All right. All right. Let's get to do this. All right. Really quick. Thank you, Mike Green, for the subscribe. Appreciate that from you. Uh, That's very, very kind. It's a pre-recorded version instead of a live one. So keep doing all the things that you do. Uh, We appreciate when you do that. You can still do the super thanks instead of super chats and all that stuff. But we had to get some other pieces together to make this all work in, in the schedule. So enjoy the wonderful production that you get here. Um, One other show note, there will not be a post game show this week. I am flying for work on game day. I'm lucky enough to get a red eye morning flight so I can watch the game still. But unfortunately I'm, I'm, we're just not going to be able to do a post game show. I really am apologetic about this guys and gals. I want to do it. I love doing those, but we're just not going to be able to do one. So I'll probably throw um, a a reaction video up on YouTube. I may do 15 minutes or something. Uh, Also being out of town next week, Riz is going to do a solo piece. Check in for that and show up around Wednesday. Like we usually do. And then we'll kind of get back on track as things go, maybe be a day early from normal on Thanksgiving week. So he gets a little extra time to digest so you can fit Turkey in on Thursday. All right, let's get into this. Warmups. Graham Glasgow has earned the starter position for the Detroit Lions. We'll talk about there is, but I feel like this man has probably earned a contract beyond this year. He's only 31 years old. You know, the, the way that they signed him coming out of Denver, like he didn't have a good go in Denver. He got hurt. He played a little bit out of position, played a different scheme than what he was best suited for. And there there was some risk with with signing him. And to his credit, he has played great. He's been a top 10 guard in the NFL this year. I know PFF, I think, has him as like fifth or sixth. Uh, And that, that passes the eye test. He's been really good. And the fact that he can play any of those interior spots Got to have that man. It's it's super valuable. So I, I'm I, I like I, I was skeptical that it was going to work 
Uh, he has definitely exceeded what I wanted to, and now he's earned the starting job. Obviously, with Big V not being healthy all the time, I mean, it's it was kind of a requisite to get somebody in. But mm-hmm. yeah, this is a this is a thing where you know he's look he he he's he's played at Michigan. He, he's not technically a Detroit guy, but he he cut his teeth here in the NFL, came back, having a great time. He clearly fits in very well with the group, with the coaching staff. Lock him up for two or three more years, and you've got at worst your number six lineman locked down for the next two three years. Uh, it, it, it's it, it's a great move. I, I'm happy for him that it's worked out so well. Um, aside from being happy for the Lions, backup center, left right guard yeah. swing. I mean, he's he's a he's a yeah. multi talented individual. He could do stand up. <laughs> he, he's a funny he's a funny cat. <laughs> he is funny. Yeah, <laughs> love. I love the return of Graham Glasgow. I love I love what he brings to this team and his ability to to, to deliver no matter what's asked of him. And it's just so much in type for this team and its personality profile. Love it. Absolutely love what, what he brings. And he may give you some flexibility with things like Jonah and some of the other things that are going on with as a starter right next year. Again, can't see the future yet. There's a lot still have to be done, but you think about what he's going to get versus what big V got and what you can do there. That's it's, it's a real, it's a real great opportunity for the lions to do things cap wise to alleviate some of the potential pain people were thinking might be there. All right. Absolutely. All right, that's our warm-ups. We're here. Let's get into it. Let's get to the next topic right away. Team health after the bye. Um, Riz, here it is, the bye week. We had a great conversation with Dr. Jimmy Lau um, about team health. It released today earlier. It's If you really want to look at timelines, what rehab is involved, and what to expect from a genuine medical doctor, um, Go see that. It's totally worthwhile. But barring these longer term kind of injuries and the rehab that goes with those, every player goes through the season. Nicks, dings, scratches, bruises, contusions. Um, You get this week and it seemed to come at just the right time for the Detroit Lions. And here we are looking to come out of the bye to make this push to number one, the playoffs for the first time in a long time and potentially I hate to get ahead of myself. I love to get ahead of myself, but I hate it at the same time, right? But potentially that first playoff victory in a long, long time, bro. I I will be excited to get back to the playoffs. I will be excited to win a division title. And I think those are both very realistic, well within the Lions' grasp. Um, And I'll I'll jump off the the other bridges when I get to them. (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm not there yet. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm still just, you know, uh, I'm, I'm thrilled as bleep to be here. Uh, sort of thing, uh, but yeah, that. Can I really? David Montgomery is a great example of this. I, I have What's to. That? I'm. I'm going to serve up a freaking look. We're going to have some foot amputations after this sweet ass Kool Aid I'm about to deliver. But Philadelphia just. I mean, they just eked out at home against Dallas, right? Just barely yeah. eked it out at home. They've got to play Kansas City away. They've got to play Dallas away, and they got to play San Francisco at home. They've got a ton of difficult games ahead we look what happens when you get there can be anything right but we could actually get there in style my friend and that's the thing that really just confounds the schnock ears out of me the fact that this team could roll in with a top hat and a cane when instead of kind of bumbling in like barney from the simpsons with a bottle in our hand right holy cow this like 
Anyway, okay, an injury. Sorry, I, I can't help it. it like, yeah. okay, everyone, you can. Doctor Jimmy Lau can refer you to probably the appropriate place for that 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 insulin overdose that you just got from from all that Kool Aid. So, all right, go ahead, man. Sorry. <laughs> so, and and being healthy coming out of the bye plays into that. David Montgomery's back. He's going to be sharing the role, and now we know that Jameer Gibbs can also be a feature back. So, what do you do when you have those two things together? Like, and Ben Johnson talked about it today in his press conference. He might play them together in the backfield or both flexed out. Who knows? They've got all kinds of options now because they're healthy. And you got, you got Jonah Jackson is back and healthy. Frank Ragnow, both those guys missed the Raiders game. They're good to go, man. They're, they're, they're fired up. We will have with Glasgow now as the right guard. We've got our starting five. Um, it's not necessarily the, the starting five that we thought we would have, but that's, that's great, man. It's, Our starting five is still one of the best in the league. <laughs> it is. It absolutely is, uh, especially in the run game. They're they're phenomenal in that. You know they're they're ready to and they'll be tested. Uh, yes, the Chargers. Uh, we'll talk about the Chargers a little bit later, but this is a really good defensive front. Uh, yep. So having all hands on deck coming out of the bye, this is a great time to play them because uh, they uh, they can they. Can, they can bring the pain. Yeah. So, uh, you know, getting everybody healthy like that, you know, and just like the little things like Amon Ra has been dinged up here and there. You know, Taylor Decker had that high ankle sprain. He clearly hasn't been 100%. Rest heals that so much. That was one of the things we talked with Jimmy Lau about. Dr. Lau, Liao, sorry, Liao, I can say it, uh, talked about the high ankle sprains and the, the, the mechanism for getting back on those and how much rest can help. Yeah. Just the little things like that. Like this is this is a team that's going to be fresh coming out of the bye. Uh, they could very well have all twenty-two of their intended starters on the field. Just think about that as a team that's six and two in control of their own playoff destiny and looking like they can go on a little bit of a run here. Um, again, I don't want to overlook the Chargers because they present some problems, but the Lions can present a lot of problems to the rest of the league too. And yep. When they're when they're fully healthy, they're oh man, it's gonna be it's gonna be a fun next couple of months. It really it's is. all it's all sexy time from here, man. It's all sexy time, from here. <laughs> <laughs> which is which is our favorite time. Let's be honest. All right, uh, let's uh, let's keep going with that. Uh, team health looks good. Uh, perfect bye week. We're 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 working in a couple weeks left to go here now. Um, with with what's a favorable schedule? Interesting play coming up. They have the Chargers. That's going to be an interesting one. But with that being said, I think we're in good shape, and I think it's a good time to move on to that next topic, a very special topic. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. The John Kaminsky interview. Let's do this. John, you there? All right, joining us right now is the commish, John Kaminsky, defensive lineman for the Detroit Lions. John, thank you so much for joining us. How are you doing today? doing well how are you uh couldn't be better so happy to have you i know you just got out of practice you're probably a little tired but take making time for us is very kind of you we'll, we'll get right into it i want to start out really in the beginning of your time when you got to detroit and uh you were on waivers atlanta had had released you and it was a couple days later that the lions and, and and you got together and came up with a deal where was your head at professionally at that point and and did you have any concerns about coming to Detroit? You know, from the historical perspective of the of the team, its reputation, but there was a new coach, new GM, kind of a new thinking. Where was your head at in this in this period of time and in, in coming into Detroit? Um, 
Yeah, I know. Initially coming into Detroit, I was just excited uh, for an opportunity to play. And um, God willing, some things happened. Guys got hurt, and I ended up playing a lot towards the end of the season. And so uh, I was really just enjoying it. Um, it wasn't trending well for me, to, you know, in Atlanta. And so I was – I felt like I had nothing to lose. <clears throat> and I think that attitude helped me to cut it loose. And then going into the offseason, I felt uh, – I felt I felt at peace knowing that uh, I really let it rip and, and played my best ball. And so I felt um, kind of a calmness and peace that things were going to work out uh, for my good. Um, and so I was I was really detached from it. And I really enjoyed that time uh, just to relax and enjoy that. And then when I started to really think about, you know, the contract and is, is it going to happen? Are they going to bring me back? Um, you know, like I said, I. I, f- I feel like I just had like a confidence uh, that that they were going to bring me back. It was just in what condition, what capacity. And for me, um, you know, obviously you want as much money as you can and as many guarantees as you can. But um, at the end of the day, I was just trying to get here to play football. And so um, we met some, uh, we had something, made a deal and uh, and here I am. So it's really exciting stuff. Yeah, you've uh, you've had quite a bit of change around you since you've been in Detroit, and change for the better. Uh, Aleem's come in. Uh, actually, he was there when you were there. But uh, Aiden Hutchinson coming in. You play between those guys a lot. Like first off, how easy is it when you've got like studs playing on either side of you? Because that you didn't certainly didn't have that in Atlanta. You didn't necessarily have that when you first got here. And then just also like how much have they improved over the time that you've been with them? Yeah, I mean, that's super cool to look to my left and right, and I got great players all around me. Uh, I feel very blessed, and oftentimes it allows me to have one-on-ones and allows me to produce on the field as well. Um, but, yeah, uh, just from an improvement standpoint, uh, Hutch impressed me right from the beginning, uh, the way he came in. Uh, he's very vocal, and he, he's a fun-loving guy, and uh, he's cool with everybody, but when he first got into uh, this building, he, he was stone quiet. You know, for month, like the first month he was here, he was just whooping butt in camp. You know, just he wasn't he wasn't really chirping. He was just letting his actions talk, and that really impressed me uh, about him. And as he continued, uh, as he continued to dominate in practice, and then he started to bring it to the to the game time. You know, then he started to open up more, and um, and he's really coming to his own. He's found a leadership role on this team. Um, He's sharpened the things that he does well. Uh, he's identified things that are flaws in his game and has worked on them, obviously. Um, and then Aline McNeil, um, uh, same thing. You know, he, you can tell, you know, he talked about studying guys like Grady Jarrett in the offseason, uh, you know, picking a guy that you know you can move like and you're just not moving that way yet. And so he, he studied film and he's starting to emulate that Grady Jarrett uh, style playing football. And, he, and he's really – at this point, creating his own style. And it's just really awesome to see. And it's awesome to be a part of uh, watching two young guys, um, you know, chase greatness. And that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Talking about chasing greatness, you're a guy who's, whose trajectory is just in line with the personality of this team. You are like almost the the, the poster child for, for what this team kind of has as a personality. Like, go ahead and underestimate me. <laughs> There's a lot more here than you ever thought there was. And I, I look back and think back, it's been almost a year, maybe eight months or whatever. But since you wore that one year of focus can change your and hustle can change your life forever. What does that mean to you? I know there's been a little bit of talk about that, but then from there, 
Is it one year or is it just the first year and then you build another one year after that? Talk talk about that for me a little bit and what that mindset means. Yeah. Um, for me, it was it just it clicked right for me because I was so worried about what me at my best is going to look like in the NFL. And I, so I'm in my first year and I'm, I'm in my second year and I'm thinking of that, you know, whatever it ends up being five and six years later that I'm playing my best ball, you know, and I was just so focused on that, that. I was losing touch with the small details in the day day to day, you know, through the first three years of my career. And so, um, you know, that shirt kind of came along, perfect timing. Um, and it just helped me to set my frame smaller. Let's think about now, what can we control now? What are the details we can work on now, uh, week to week, day to day? And it really just shortened that, uh, that frame of reference for me, that time. I'm not thinking so much big picture. It's like, the NFL is like about a day-to-day, hour-to-hour improvement, and I feel like I was missing that. I was so focused on, uh, you know, the future and, and when I get there kind of thing instead of let's let's get me there now. Let's, you know, start taking the steps to improve now. And so um, it just helped, you know, frame that time for me and, and think of more of a present moment um, thing. And it just so happened that I started wearing that shirt literally a year before I signed that contract. So it was just, uh, it was a d- divine thing for me. Um, and yeah. And so now, now that I have that experience, you know, I, I break things up into blocks of time, much smaller than looking ahead five and six years, you know, it's, yeah. I've been more of a present moment thinking with my career and, uh, playing football. So, uh, yeah, just, it was just, uh, it just helps, uh, you know, kind of flip the switch for me to, to focus on the here and now. Yeah. makes sense. I love that you've, you expressed though, because the next question I had for you was talking about practice. And I know that there's an attention to detail in the Lions practices. And it sounds like that's like exactly what that's leading into for you is like being able to focus on like what is being taught to me at this time, or like if they're installing something, or if you're working on, you know, game prep for the Chargers this week, they're a very different offensive line than the last one you saw. You know, I think you're, does that like, Attention to small detail like that, has that really helped you as well? I think so. Uh, like I said, I was like almost like throughout the season, it's it's just week to week. You study your opponent. How can I use my skill set to attack this opponent that also fits within the game plan? And that's what it is. Instead of like thinking of like, how do I become a great player? It's like you become a great player by focusing on those details in practice, taking it to the game and executing it that way. Um, and so, yeah, it's it's helped change a lot of things for me. And the Lions have been great to to work with us. We're here to raise money. That's that's the the, the, the number one thing we've been working on. And did a twenty four hour uh, live stream uh, last week, raising money for St. Jude. For those who'd like to donate, stjude.org slash DLP. Raise the money for sick kids, for their families. They never pay a dime. When St. Jude's there and St. Jude does some really, really important research to help cancers, not just for children, but for adults. I know we've all know somebody we've all been impacted in one way or another in our life. And we appreciate the Lions bringing you here to help us out with this. Um, One of the things I think about in, in, in the space, patients need this, too. But Dan Campbell has done a great job of articulating the, the word you have it on your head, grit. Grit is this big, this big word he's talked about. He's been asked what it means to him. But in fans, you know, we look at it, we watch the way you play. You know, you're this 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 
this underdog kind of player who came in and and you've you've focused on these details as you were just talking about and and you've come to this new level of play and you've become a real favorite amongst a lot of the fans out there when we t- when we talked about you joining the show a lot of people got in touch and were super excited about the fact we get to see John we get to see the commission come out and talk a little bit i want to know though for for you personally this idea of grit what does that mean for you if you were to talk about what what grit is to to the commish yeah, I think grit is um, you have a goal, you have something you want to achieve, you have something you want to get. Um, it's the ability to overcome and persevere through any obstacle that's thrown your way that gets in the way of that one thing. And so it's just like this idea of steadiness, not too high, not too low, right through the obstacles, whatever you have to do to overcome it, you do that and you do it confidently with your chest held high and your chin held high um, until you get there. And so, uh, you know, for us week to week, what grit would mean is, you know, win the game. So what's that look like? You know, it's it's the tedious meetings. It's the practice. It's getting uh, ripped for doing the wrong thing and you got to go get it right. Uh, it's getting into the film room and taking it on the chin if you mess something up and, and be sharp for game day. And then when you're in game day, you know, maybe a 14 play swing it's like let's overcome this let's let's not bury ourselves in in the momentum of what this feels like in the stadium right now we have a goal in mind and we're going to push through this and with our chins held high chest held high uh, everybody stay up stay steady keep your heart rate down let's just let's go win this game so i want to follow up on that just a little bit because i've been to a lot of lions games and a lot of away games the game in tampa this year was something completely different from a fan's perspective. It was it was a complete takeover of Raymond James Stadium by the by by Lions fans, and watching some of the fan the, the players' faces. I mean, we saw it with Hutch. I saw it with Rodrigo. I saw it with Dorsey. Just looking with a look of awe on their face. And I, I also remember you at the beginning of the game, at the beginning of the half, and kind of throughout, just like just ramping yourself up. I could see, I could see you just working, like getting in that in that mindset. What is it like? What do the fans bring to you? I mean, that as 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 you sit there on the sideline and you're away in a place like Tampa, 1,200 miles from Detroit, and you have this cadre of almost a home game of fans. What does that feel like for the players? Uh, it's just uh, just the energy. I mean, we feed off energy, and so you go in there. It's just it's just reassurance that you're doing the right thing. You're winning ball games. You're playing at a high level. Um, it's you know it's kind of like a temporary medal that you get to wear you know almost and and it just it just reassures and it shores up all that all of the loose ends of your confidence you know that you're doing the right thing and, and we're winning games because of what we're doing in this building and what we're doing on a day to day so uh, built helps us to build confidence and then just like right at the beginning of the game just the noise and the love that you get um, you know you they're bringing it so we got to bring it kind of thing and uh, and we did so. Yeah, you did. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I want to go back to uh, you're from Barberton, Ohio. Um, I'm a Cleveland guy myself, so I, I'm, I'm quite a bit older than you. And I remember Chris Spielman being like a god when I played. And he's from like right by there. Um, did you know of the legend of Chris Spielman? Because he was probably retired before you ever got into it. And uh, does he ever talk with you about like like ball in that area? Because like if, if people who don't know – High school football is like the number two sport in Northeast Ohio. Like it's it's bigger than everything else. It's bigger than the Cavs, bigger than the Guardians or Indians, whatever you want to call them. Like, uh, do you ever get to relate with him on that? 
Uh, yeah, uh, we've had we've had a couple conversations, and um, he knows where I'm from, and I know where he's from. Um, but there, there's there is like a nod of respect, you know, just just the Northeast Ohio boys, and it's really cool, you know, like my dad wouldn't know that I was going to be in the same building as Chris Spielman, you know? And so, uh, yeah, it's, it's really cool. Uh, just, just to be able to speak with them and, you know, guys like that just kind of carry an aura of light, you know, just because you know, they're a legend, you know? And, um, so it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's awesome being able to talk with him and, uh, usually, you know, simple, small conversations. Um, but yeah, there's always like this nod of respect. It's really cool, uh, to be in the same building and shake hands with that guy. So, I'll tell you, I wanna that you get to be in the building with him too. But his he's gone from from his playing days to how he leads now is very very interesting. And and even Coach Campbell, right? His leadership style. A lot of people don't talk about that. They talk about kneecaps and things like that, the kind of the headline grabby things. But you can tell Coach Campbell's a really really smart cat, and he's he's one of those leaders that just people will 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 do anything to be able to follow and 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 show him what they have. I'd love to hear. Like one thing, what was the most impactful thing that you can think of that Coach Campbell has said or done for you in the time that you've been with him in the Lions? It's, uh, I'd say for me, it's like he says, have a reason for what you're doing on the field and fly around and I won't be mad at you. And that attitude sets me free. Um because a lot of organizations are fear-based. Like, it's like kind of like do this or you or else kind of thing. And his is like, I want to see you guys fly around. You know, this is, we all love this. You know, that we, we want to see you guys play fast, you know. And so, um, he unleashes guys that way. And he makes everybody feel comfortable that way. Obviously, you don't want to cut loose that you completely disregard your job. But he uh, he sets me free that way. And, and that's been awesome for me. And it helped me to adopt that attitude of just letting it rip out on there out there on the field. So uh, he's definitely helped that flip that switch for me. Let's, let's talk about practice a little bit. You guys, obviously with all the injuries and, you know, contact limits and everything, probably can't get super intense in practice, but going against the offense and you're going against great offensive line uh, and in practice, are they ever like setting things up where like, Oh, I didn't see that coming. You know, catching you guys off guard when, when they're trying to install things like that, like in your, like, just like, appreciate the creativity or the execution that you're going against? Uh, yeah. Um, something cool that we do is we do our team period. So, you know, our, our offense versus look defense, something we do uh, defense versus look offense, how everybody does it. But after every team period, we do a situational play where we go ones versus ones. And so, uh, you know, on Thursdays, like today, we that's more of our third down day. Um, and so often we'll be in a play that's third and six, third and seven, and you know everybody in the building thinks it's pass, and they run some kind of guard counter, guard tackle pull, some kind of intricate run play, and they end up picking seven seven yards up on a third and seven, which you know most teams aren't running the ball on third and seven. It's just kind of that Ben Johnson uh, magic that they that they they're just drawing stuff up over there, and so yeah, you, you see stuff all the time. Um, you know, guys make comments like. You know, thank God we're not playing against an offense like this. This is a type of offense that would frustrate a D line. Like they're going to be, I it must be annoying playing that team. And uh, and so yeah, it's just there's definitely like uh, like <clears throat> special uh, minds over there drawing up plays. And uh, they always they always seem to catch us off guard in those situational plays. You know, uh, 
especially like those third and six, third and seven, they'll drop some kind of crazy screen or elaborate run play. So, yep. All right, we're getting we're getting to here to close to time. One last question for you, John. Really appreciate you spending a little couple minutes here with us. Um, your relatively new father. Congratulations, by the way. It's always great to have a, a, a new one around. It kind of gives a new perspective. But I want to ask: when no one's around, when football's kind of settled for the day, there's no more studying to do, no more work there to do. The family's settled in, and the commish gets a little bit of me time. What do you like to do? What's the thing that you really appreciate doing that is kind of different from all the the, the typical responsibilities of of general life as it as it is? <laughs> yeah, um, I I like to slow down anything that can really slow me down and slow my mind down. Uh, being on the water or being uh, in the woods or um, you know going on a bike ride or going golfing stuff that's like really calm on the mind. This is a really fiery environment and it's very uh, demanding and uh, puts a lot of strain on your mental. And so uh, definitely like slowing down. I told my wife I'm going to take at least a full 365 days to do nothing and not put pressure on myself so that I can find that thing that uh, I really want to do um, and make sure that I'm, I'm going the right way and not rush into it. Um, and so, yeah, like for me, like as soon as this thing's over, you know, finding ways to slow down and, uh, you know, kind of process what has been happening because it's just happened so quick you know you go to high school you go to college play college ball i got married right after college and then i was right into the pre-draft stuff and it just hasn't slowed down for me and so it's like just being able to uh look at the world in a non-nfl environment is going to be different for me and it's going to take some time so um yeah just any way i could slow down be out there in the woods uh I got a couple acres of property, so, you know, just playing around in the woods and uh, we get to uh, get into the pond and stock the pond up. So, I'm, I'm really, there's some things that I'm looking forward to for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I know a lot of the O-line guys are into that. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. maybe, maybe you can make peace one day. <laughs> John, yeah. I really appreciate you having, having you on the show, you joining us. I got to tell you, you guys have really put something special together there in Allen Park. And uh, for, for somebody who's been around watching this team since Billy Sims and uh, been just cheering, yelling, wanting something. You guys have really done something special for the city and you guys have a, a great resume put together. Really hoping you guys get the big prize because you all deserve it. You brought a lot of joy to the city and the, and the fans. So I want to thank you for all you've done. Best of luck this year. Stay healthy and stay with it, man. You guys are doing great work. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right. Thank you for joining me. Man, that was awesome. So good of the commish to join us, man. I love me some John. He he does embody the spirit of this team and and in the city, the fandom, right? A guy that's been kicked, knocked down, tossed aside, didn't have the right, you know, kind of kind of reality in Atlanta and has proven that he deserves to be here and that he can he can bring the pain when he needs to. And and that attitude, that mindset, that shorten your time frames, focus on the moment. That's I, I love that. I absolutely love that. That that is such a great answer from him because it it really does epitomize what the Lions do. Yeah, like they're they're not getting caught up in like what we're talking about. Like, oh, let's win some playoff games. Like, he's worried about getting through the next practice, being the best John Kaminsky he can be. Yeah. And I think that 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 narrower focus it serves this team very well. It serves a young team well. And I think I think that's one of the things that having a, a coaching staff with so many former players on it, like they understand that and they can communicate that. And yep. in ways that like, there's a lot of, there's a ton of people that don't have that sort of experience that are fantastic coaches, 
But there is a little bit of something different with the credibility when you come to me and like, yeah, I played this way. Like Antoine Randall L. Yeah, Mike Tomlin taught us that. Like, oh, yeah. Like, okay, these it, it does it really does resonate just a little bit different. And yeah. uh, I Kaminsky obviously is a guy who who has a great appreciation for that. You know, we didn't get unfortunately we ran out of time with him. One of the things that I wanted to ask him about. He was a, a high school option quarterback who went to a D2 school, mm-hmm. and he gained – I'm hearkening back to when I interviewed him at the combine. I think he gained 60 pounds in a year and a half to transition to the defensive side of the ball. And I wanted to ask him about, like, being being part of an uprising like that, about, like, like not necessarily having the success early on and be, having adversity thrown at you, how that would translate to being on the Lions. But it, it, it's clearly worked very well for him. Uh, look, his his time in Atlanta, he will not talk about it. Um, I've, I've broached it with him off the record. He just he just won't go there. But it was a really bad fit, both coaching wise and scheme wise, and they didn't they weren't sure what they had in him. And and I think he sort of hinted. I'm I'm not sure that he knew what he was either. Yeah. And he sort of needed that that time. So it, it was just great to talk to him and get to know him a little bit more. The idea, uh, and, and hopefully, hopefully everybody out there enjoys uh, John Kaminsky, and, and look, he's a very easy guy to root for. And I am going to say this: I saw a '79 Kaminsky jersey the other day uh, in the wild. It was go. really cool to see because no, he's like the number four or three or four defensive lineman on the team, and like he's getting jerseys bought. Like that's Detroit, man. That that that's that's special. That means something. And, I think, and I know if he saw it, it would mean a lot to him. I think. He- he might have given away a little bit of his thoughts on his time in Atlanta uh, without meaning to do so. And again, I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but when he talked about organizations being run by fear, he's only been in one other organization in the NFL. And the idea that, you know, coach Campbell, the advice that he gave him and uh, to fly out there, but do it with a reason and, and giving him the freedom to be what he can be is I think a lot different than the fear of what was wrong. And I think if we hearken back to our previous administration, there's a lot of conversation about things exactly like that, that makes sense as to why maybe they weren't ideal situations for the players to, to develop and to, to be the very best that they could be. So, Hey, let's ask the Raiders. Let's have a cigar party and talk to them. They know very, very clearly. I mean, like Quandre Diggs suggesting something to a coach and the coach not liking it and sending him to Seattle the next day. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? All right. happened. <laughs> Let's do that. That was a great. John, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks to the Detroit Lions team for helping put that together. St. Jude again, stjude.org slash DLP. We're raising money for those families, those kids, that research. We do it every year. Uh, we know it's a tougher year this year economically for everybody but if you can find a couple bucks in the in the cushions uh do so please and help us out help us uh help those folks who could really use it but moving on now the detroit lions face these san diego chargers Uh, no the los angeles chargers it says so right there chris come on can't you read yeah i know (laughs) we kept saying it when we were talking about it right but i typed it right so you did It's so hard. I don't know why that's the hardest of all the teams to adjust to changing names. I don't know. I don't know why. I don't know why. But anyway, okay, let's talk about this. This is a team you alluded to it. So let's go there right off the top. San Diego Chargers defensive line. The 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 name that pops up to the top every time until recently was Joey Bosa. But now you can add 
the Mr. Mac, Khalil Mac, to that mix, as well as you, you. I mean, look across the line, you've got <laughs> Murderers Row, right? I mean, in yeah, in, Tuli Tuli Pelotu yep. is one of the best rookies, and he, he's he's got a legitimate shot to be the defensive rookie of the year this year. Yeah, he's having that kind of a season. Absolutely, he's is. great, um, and the fact that he's not there. He's their third best pass rusher, and he's out there. I think he has five sacks already. Yep. Lives in the backfield, gets pressure pretty much at will. Like they're really good up front. Yep. Uh, just as an idea, Christian Covington, who was in Lions camp this summer, is back there with them, uh, and he doesn't play. Uh, and he was a guy who was a starter uh, at times last year. That's how much they've upgraded. So well, they they are really really good up front. Just, and they're, they're creative. That they they move those guys around. They attack well. They don't abandon the run too much. Um, Osa does a little bit, but he, he can also make some plays behind the line. But that that is a very good defensive front that we're facing in Los Angeles. I almost think about it like this. Yeah. <laughs> think about it like this. Um, PFF rankings. Morgan Fox is the the lowest ranked of of the folks. He's ranked fiftieth overall. All right. He's pretty good too. So if like you he's think, not bad at all. If you think you got a starter should be in the top 32, your second should probably be in the top 64, your third, right? Like that's that's kind of would be the average for the league maybe, right? Or maybe you'd say okay, it's a little better. They're not they don't have any other front four outside of the top 50. Bro, that's that's a heck of a line. That is a heck of a line that we have to face. And thank goodness going back to that injury topic that we talked about earlier. Thank goodness that we have as healthy an offensive line as we've had coming out of this bye week because we're going to need every ounce of what they bring to this game to stop these guys. Because again, murderers row, man, it's, it's crazy. They're they're very good, and their linebackers aren't bad either. Eric they don't Kendrick, get a lot of credit, man. but uh, yeah. they're they're one of those teams. You you look at them on paper and you wonder how they're four and four. Because there's no reason that they're not the best team in the AFC West. They're not. Obviously, the Chiefs are very good. But on paper, the Chargers are like, they should stack up with the Chiefs pretty well. And for whatever reason, they just find ways to lose football games. It's chargering. It's a verb. It's a real thing. Uh, Let's hope that they can keep that up and uh, the Lions can throw some verbs on them. They were definitely built to play or have been building to play the Chiefs, their division rival. Much like the Lions for a long time with Campbell and Holmes. I mean, they tried it with the Patrician Quinn regimes, but built to play the Packers, right? I mean, that was that they tried, right? That's what they were trying to do. They tried a lot of really noble things. They just could not execute them well. Um, but you can tell this team has been has been built out to to try to you know hold their own and and hopefully beat those Chargers here are those those Chiefs. Here's where the problem I think really lies, though. They have this great front four and, and really arguably a pretty good front seven, right? I mean, they they, they you know fine, but outside of Asante Samuel at corner and um, Alahi Gilman in as a safety, their secondary is ready to be abused. <laughs> they are ready to be and and the with with a front four like that or a front seven like that. The 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 guys on on the the lines, the Amon Ross, right, the Laportas, um, 
the Reynolds, right? These guys have an opportunity to eat because this is right. You know, you need a quick release. You need to be able to get them the ball out of there. I mean, everyone's kind of talked about it, especially if you watch the Monday night game, right? The idea is you need to get rid of the ball quickly uh, with Gibbs, the ability to do that, you know, the swing pass and, and, or a good screen, right? I mean, it gives you all kinds of opportunity against guys like that. And to, as you were talking about with Bosa to try to exploit his, a little bit of the abandon the run kind of piece, right? Uh, he, he wants to go deep. For for you know for that rush that's great toss the ball over his head right throw the ball towards Bosa and and screen it over his head and go 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 Gibbs go because we know Gibbs can he showed that he's he's found his his groove and with Monty back um, there's this this is going to be the hardest part about the Lions game from the from an offensive standpoint their mantra throughout the season has been wear down that defensive line wear it down through the run game this is going to be the biggest test of that approach. And I, I I don't want to say abandon that approach, but boy, you better have a plan B. (laughs) Yeah. And and Tampa Bay has a pretty good front. Mm. And I thought that the lion's plan of attack in that game was very good. They mixed in Laporta quite a bit. There was a lot of, that was, that was the game where Amon Ra got 19 targets. I believe Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. was Baltimore, but uh, Mm -hmm. it was a very big part of it. Like, Finding the best matchup is something that Goff has excelled at and in Ben Johnson's offense. Goff is really sharp at picking out pre-snap where his best option is and where his next best option is and going through those and leaning on those throughout a game and not necessarily forcing it uh, if it's not there. And that's something that you have to do against the Chargers because they will they have playmakers and we talked about the defensive line. Uh, one of the other things that comes up when you look at the Chargers instantly, they have the NFL's best turnover ratio. They are second in takeaways and second to last in giveaways, which means that you got to be real careful with the ball because they're not going to give it back to you very often, less than once a game. And they take the ball away and they take it with fumbles. They're very good at creating the strip sack. They're, they attack the football as you run through the line. Hopefully Craig Reynolds doesn't get caught levitating off the ground again and have the ball ripped out. <sighs> it still bugs me. <laughs> Reference to Dean Blandino video when we tweeted in the St. Jude time because Dean, Dean had a little fun with that too. Former uh, <laughs> NFL director of officiating, current Fox analyst. By the way, I watched Dean. So we got done Friday or Saturday, and I turned on the college football later in the day after I took a little – nap and was watching Dean. I'm just like, oh, that's my friend Dean talking. He was good. <laughs> he, had his, made, he had his, he had his, he had blue in his tie. He might, he might've set the bat signal. Like we said, he is, he is a great cat. He is, he is an absolutely great human being. He's he is. Guy, but so. yeah, so the, you know, you've got to be careful because this is a defense that will exploit your mistakes much the way Baltimore does much the way Seattle does. Although they didn't necessarily do that to us very much. But this is an opportunistic defense that is going to go for the big play. What happens when you go for the big play? You also give up some big plays. And they do give those big plays up. And so without going into extravagant depth, and I I know that Ash is going into this. I know Bish and Brown are doing it in their own videos. The thing for me in this game, I love the idea of Sam Laporta catching the ball and running after the catch. I love the idea of a tunnel screen to JMO, like we talked about with Herman yeah, Moore. Yeah, uh, yeah. That, I, I think that's that's the sort of thing that can get on track this week. 
I love the idea of Jameer Gibbs getting isolated in space on their safeties who I'm not going to diss them because they're, they're solid players, but they are mistake prone. They will give things up. They don't always play as 11 on that defense. And that's, that's where they're vulnerable. And if you're the 11 that the lions have been fairly consistently this year on offense, you've got a real chance to make some things happen against this defense too, even though they are very, very talented on paper and often on the field too. If you get Samuel and Gilman on the same side of the field, (laughs) the other side is, is where you're going to (laughs) eat just as, as far as is attacking the secondary. That's, that's just the way that defense is. And, and I know, uh, Goff has been great at exploiting those kind of matchups, finding them. He does. He's been spectacular at reading these defenses. Um, I'm hoping that this is one of those turnover free games for Jared Goff, because I, th- I feel like it could be if he continues to be smart. The, 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 the one place is with that pressure. But the thing we've seen from him this year in the level of maturity that's come. And this is where like, like your son. He plays, he, he plays basketball all the time, but he continues to work. And it's like, yeah, I already know how to play. I know all the moves, but there's always little things. Talking to John today, there's little things. There's pieces to work on to get better. He's an NFL player. What do you, I mean, what does practice mean? How can you get better? When you, there's always things to go. Sometimes there's big things and there's big, big breakthroughs in the way you do things, right? For guys that have been around. Khalil Mack could have a big breakthrough, even at his age and time in the NFL and quality of player he is, there could be a massive breakthrough for a guy like that, even through practice and reps and learning and growing and how the game changes, right? Um, Goff has had his this year. And the one thing I think I like the most about Jared Goff is the balls, the balls in the dirt, the balls he's thrown in the dirt uh, on, 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 you know, it's broken. It's not going to work. Gone. I don't get hit. Aboard. I'm not running. He gets getting out of bad plays. I'm not getting my Achilles <laughs> torn to pieces. I'm not getting all these other things, right? It's like not worth it. And we'll we'll live it. We'll point if we have to. I don't care if it's third down, right? Great, great move. It's a maturity and an understanding that unless it's 30 seconds left and you're down by four, one play doesn't make the game. Don't worry about it. Live to play another day. And and that level of maturity and the I don't give an F about it. Like if his field of F's is barren on, on worrying about what that kind of play is, or what that would mean is ideal. Short memory, move on. Love goldfish, Jared Goff. When you think of quarterbacks who are good at that specific skill of knowing when to get out of it, two guys come to mind for me, Peyton Manning and Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. Yeah. That's good company to be recognized. And I, I, I'll, I'll throw this at you, Chris. Dan Marino was really good at that too. Calling Chris Spooner. (laughs) This is the best apology you're going to get. Just take it. Just take it, my man. Yes, yes, it is. I said something nice about Dan Marino. Waiting to be struck down now. There you go. There you go. All right. What's the big, what's the keys? What's the keys for the Lions in this game, Riz? Take advantage in the red zone. They were not good. They haven't been good there on offense lately, and you've got to be sharp. You've got to convert. When it's third and goal from the two, you got to get in the end zone. Riley Patterson does not need to be kicking 30-yard field goals in this game because that's that might not be enough to outscore what, what the Chargers are going to put up on you. They have gotten cute. Uh, they have gotten overly complicated. They have gotten too smart for their own good at times when they are in scoring position. And I would love 
for Ben Johnson to have had the epiphany over over uh, the bye week, like maybe sometimes we should just like go kick their ass because they don't really do that in the red zone. I would love to see them do more of that. You know, you've got Panay Sewell and Graham Glasgow on the right side. Put Dan Skipper in as a blocking your your sixth lineman. Pitch the ball to Jameer and see what happens. You know, go, go. Like, I want to see more of that because the, the Chargers, when they get into the red zone, they score touchdowns. They're second best in the league at it. They're really good at that. They have tall wide receivers. They throw their, their tight ends very well. Austin Eckler is a nasty red zone weapon. Yes. Yes. Nasty red zone weapon. Uh, so it, when the Lions get down there, they got to match that or, or exceed it. Yep. And uh, that's that, that, to me, that's where the game's going to be won, is in the red zones and, and also in, in the takeaways. And we talked about that a little bit. You know, with you, you got to protect the ball because this is an opportunistic defense that's going to try to force you to, to give the ball back to them. Right. Goes, goes right in hand with what you're talking about with Goff getting out of bad plays, not getting strip sacked from behind, not throwing the ball into to Bosa's bicep and it bounces up and and uh, <laughs> Kenneth Murray catches it or whatever. Free ball, free ball, ball. yeah. Like, yep. They're good at that. Like they're they are they're really good at that. If you can, but if you can avoid that, or if you can, you know, like Kaminsky talked about, we have a bad play, we have a bad series. Put it behind us. Go on to the next one. So if you dwell, this is a team that can. This team can beat you bad if you're not sharp and you're not ready to, to move on from mistakes because they're they're going to have their opportunity. It's a good football team. The Lions have been okay at doing that this year. I think they did a pretty good job of that against the Chiefs, against against the Seahawks. Obviously, the game didn't win, but I thought they did a pretty good job with doing that. Tampa Bay, I thought they did a pretty good job with that, but they didn't against the Ravens, and they didn't really against the Raiders either. Like they should have, they should have won that game by so much more. And I don't want to dwell on it because it was a great win. Like they completely dominated the game, but they didn't dominate the scoreboard. I want to dominate the scoreboard more than I want to dominate this game because I think that's. That's how you facilitate chargering is put their backs against the wall. Put the pressure on them. You've got to go win this game instead of just not lose it. And I think that's where they get into trouble. That's where Justin Herbert gets into trouble. That's he's a exactly great quarterback. Exactly my point on this. Now, number one, go for I, it. I openly admit that I was wrong. I'll, 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 I'll speak for us and you can correct me later, but I don't think you will. We were wrong on Justin Herbert. We saw him at senior bowl. He just was not it. He was not it at all. That was a a year where any quarterback could have stood out at the senior bowl and none did. And and Justin Herbert was there. And I was like, I would stay 10 miles away from this guy completely wrong. So I'm going to own, I own it. We missed it. He became something that he was not at the senior bowl. hundred percent. So there you go. It's, you know, it's, it, it is what it is, but because of how well he's done and how much, not just from us, but pretty broadly, he was panned. I, I kind of root for him. Same way like with Kaminsky. He's this underdog guy. He's got this grit. He didn't listen to the noise. And he's 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 made a really nice career for himself already in his young career. Right. I root for a guy like that. I love that. This week, I don't. This week, I I, I really root against it. The way to win this game, though, and this is where... um the chargers sit right now as far as their maturity model or whatever, but you can get in their head. You, once things start going wrong, it's very much PTSD lion style. 
they start getting in their own head. They start making mistakes. They start getting freaked out. Things start going wrong. Pressure on Herbert. Pressure on Herbert. Um, tip a ball. Intercept the ball early. Keep that run stuffed, which we watched with the Raiders. They did pretty well pretty often. The Raiders just tripped over their own, you know, skirts in that one. They could they could have they <laughs> they they could have they could have done much better in that game than they did and we saw what it takes to rattle the chargers and what it takes to, to the, what what the plan should be to beat them and it all starts with rattling herbert and because once that happens the run game gets messed up eckler is a great runner but you can get in his head too you stuff him a couple of times herbert's scared you watch them fumble the handoff right it's a very simple easy play that's where it starts. And I think that's where the game is going to be won and lost is in the head of Justin Herbert. And the Lions can do that if the Lions defense shows up that showed up against the Raiders that never say die, always grind, always there, happy to meet you, I'm in your face again kind of defense. That's what will win this game for the Detroit Lions. I think as fearsome as their their defense is, the Detroit Lions offense is good enough to point to put the points on the board to win if the defense can hold up and can and create that that chaos for Justin Herbert. That's my kind of key to the game. I'm with you on that. It's, we're of the same mind. It scares me a little <laughs> bit that we see the game the same way. Now we're going to be completely wrong. We don't have anything covered here. What are we doing? <laughs> Justin Herbert's proved us wrong again. All He's right. got great hair. I'll give him that. Yeah, yeah, and the Accutane seems to be working, so good for him. All right. Uh, with that, let's uh, let's cause it a show. It's a call it a show. It's a great one. Again, big thanks to uh, uh, Kaminsky, the commish, for showing up. It just just fantastic to have him on board. John's really phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal guy. Um, Cool little conversation afterward too. He was he was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, so remember, yeah, he was. <laughs> don't forget about us on Patreon, patreon.com slash Detroit Lions Podcast. Five dollars a month to Patreon gets you access to the Slack, the most intelligent Lions chat in the internet. It's like I'd like to say it's about four hundred and thirty-five smart people and four dumb ones. It's a fun place to hang out and uh great, great conversation about the Lions and many, many other things. And you get some sometimes you get some inside info from of what's going on and, and early access to things. So that's uh it's a great place to be. Uh you can join us in there and hang out and uh, have a good time. Also follow us on the Twitter machine at Jeff Risden, as you see right there, and at DET Lions Podcast. DET Lions Podcast. That's where all the show announcements and information and everything goes on. So if there suddenly is a post game show or there suddenly isn't something or we're suddenly going to have an interview with somebody else, that's where all that info comes. So make sure you follow it so you know what's going on in the show on your favorite podcast. Also, DET Lions Pod on the Twitter. Check it out. A lot of fun stuff going on there. If you'd like to get in touch with us, you can call us on the Skype, Detroit Lions Podcast, or use the Lions line at 248 782 8384. It's 248 Rub You Rub Fug. We, we, we chose Somebody the numbers. Call. It's been a little bit since we had a caller. We need a yeah. caller. Yeah. Um, we didn't choose the words, the letters. We, we chose the numbers, and then it just wound up Rub You Fug. I don't know. If you guys come up with another word that makes sense, cool. Go for it. Let us know. Uh, call us and let us know. Be sure to go to DetroitLionsPodcast.com. Subscribe to the podcast because when you do, you get all the wonderful benefits, including what, Riz? I get to come into your ear holes automatically. Woo! All right. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to see you next time on the Detroit Lions Podcast. Remember, St. Jude.org slash DLP. Get those donations in there. Help us out. We appreciate you for doing that. But also, no pants, no toasters, no hot tubs, no problems. 
because we're your Detroit Lions and Reddit connection. Thank you all for joining us. Appreciate you very, very much. Final seconds winding down, and look at that. How big is that? Chris and Case out of time. Pack the bag, start the plane. This show is over. You've had enough of that shit.